Good morning. Have you ever come down a Sunday morning and said, I wish there were more sermons? <laughs> Today's your Sunday, right? Amen. I know you're all thinking it, so. All right, let's, uh, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for the ways you've moved in this service. Thank you for being evident in our praises. Thank you even as we say a tough farewell. God, that we know that we are sending this family we love in the spirit. And we're not just sending them off as a hope I see you again, but in in an assurance that we stay connected in your family, God. And I thank you for the ways you spoke through Amy. I thank you for the reminders of who you are. God, how powerfully you work, the promise of who you are, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. So God, I I just pray as, as we dive into your word once more that your truth, your love, your way would be very, very clear and evident. God, that none of us could walk away saying, I don't, I don't know if, if, if God's real. I don't know if the Spirit is real. God, I pray that you would be undeniable this morning, that the gift of the Holy Spirit would be so evident to your people this morning, God, that we'd leave here lifted. So we elevate your word. We elevate who you are this morning. We lift our hands in praise to you, and we humble ourselves before who you are. So we thank you, God. We love you. We thank you for this opportunity to worship you in such a variety of different ways. Thank you that we can be fully embodied and dance before you and sing before you and be received in your loving arms. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, buckle up because this is part of the last part of your ride this morning. All right. So, um, okay. Is anyone unaware that there's a new Star Wars show out right now called Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, okay, you know? All right. So you don't, have to, you don't have to be shy, Jared. It's okay to be proud or raise your hand. See, I am aware. That's right. So this is a Star Wars show, right, for those of you that don't know or probably don't care at this point. Um, at the risk of losing you, I'm going to talk about Star Wars for a moment. So, so throughout the, the vast uh, storytelling canvas of Star Wars that now spans over 40 years, there's certain themes or ideas that, that kind of come up over and over again, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. But you have themes like father-son dynamics, you've got like redemption arcs, on and on, right? These are sort of recurring, recurring themes. And there's elements of this storytelling that call back all the way to the beginning, from, from today to 40 years ago. It's echoing, it's echoing back. And we see this in the Bible as well. Tonight we're going to, or to this morning, not tonight, we're going to look at the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. We have the story of the Tower of Babel. And then we're going to jump to the book of Acts in the New Testament. And we have the story of Pentecost, which of course we're celebrating today. And just like the new Obi-Wan show, it call, that calls back to the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope, way back from 1977, even before I was born. We hear clear echoes of the Tower of Babel in the account at Pentecost, even though these stories are separated by thousands of years. Now, more specifically, we see God's activity through the Holy Spirit intervening throughout human history to demonstrate his holistic saving love. 
God's universal redemption plan. At Babel and at Pentecost, the Spirit's purpose was to bring people into holistic saving relationship with God. Now, holistic saving relationship here means to be secure in Jesus, but also, also to be in step with God's universal redemption plan. And this is a plan, of course, that was fulfilled in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Now, the stories of Babel and Pentecost show us how God brings people into holistic saving relationship. Likewise, today, these stories remind us that the Spirit's purpose continues in the church today. The Spirit's purpose today is to bring people into holistic, saving relationship with God. God brings us into that kind of relationship out of love, but also in really creative and really unexpected ways. And we're going to just look at two ways briefly this morning. At Babel, the Spirit brought people into holistic, saving relationship through confusion and through scattering. And at Pentecost, the Spirit brought people into holistic, saving relationship through clarity and scattering. So Babel was confusion and scattering. At Pentecost, it was clarity and scattering. You with me so far? All right. So at Babel, the, the Spirit brought people into holistic saving relationship through confusion and scattering. I'm gonna, I want to read the Tower of Babel account because I'm not going to... I figure most of you haven't read this in a while. So it's a short... It's just nine verses, a short passage. So if, if you're able, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word. Okay, so this is Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. This is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This is the word of God. You may have your seats. All right, so the people, they were, they were gathered to make a name for themselves, is what the scripture tells us. But God confused them, but he, he confused them with the purpose of moving them toward holistic, saving relationships. See, the, the problem here isn't that God was, he wasn't jealous of what the people could achieve. The reality is we just weren't created to live for ourselves, and that's what God was concerned about. Now, why is that? It's because when we live for ourselves, it leads to death. Everything but living for God leads to death. God didn't create us to build monuments to our own greatness. He didn't create us to glorify ourselves. He created us to glorify our creator to live in step with his holy purposes. Now, in this case, God had commanded humanity to to be fruitful and multiply, to be fruitful and multiply. We are God's image bearers meant to spread his glory across the earth and across creation as his agents. But when the people in this account stopped 
on that plain in Shinar to build a city and a tower for themselves, they were directly disobeying that command to be fruitful and multiply. And disobeying God and living outside of his purpose for us leads to death. Because God, though, was not content to leave his people in sin and death, God descended, he descended down to confuse their language. And he scattered them away from death, but toward holistic saving relationship. Now, at first blush, you read this and says, well, God confused them. He, he, he made it so they couldn't understand each other. It seems like punishment, right? But if you think about this, God didn't end language. He didn't end culture. He didn't, he didn't put a stop to the, the, the essence of what they had. What he, in fact, then did was he, he gifted, actually, many languages, which led to many cultures being formed, which was more toward fulfilling, be fruitful, and multiply. See, God gifted us with language and culture. God didn't do away with it. Why? Because there's something about language, there's something about culture that reflects God's image, and it's something that he wanted us to take across creation, to spread, because that glorifies God. Uh, Some years ago, uh, my wife and I traveled to Hong Kong and to Malaysia to visit family, and it was my first time ever being uh, in Hong Kong or Malaysia, and as, as you can imagine, it's quite different than living here in Chicago or, or most parts of the United States. In our brief time there, we learned and experienced a lot of different parts of the culture. But I have to say, the thing I appreciated most was the food in Malaysia. Now, I know we're about to eat and you're hungry. I'm going to probably make you hungry, but I'm okay with that. Because the food in Malaysia, uh, Allison, as you'll find out, is, is amazing. It's so good. Now, the reason it's so good, though... It's because it's this amazing blend of of cultural influences that are happening right in that region. So you have influences from India and from China and the native Malay flavors. And it's just these amazing... Seriously, I still think about... We still talk about this. It's been like six years. We still... It's so good. And it's just a delicious taste of God's goodness and wisdom and gifting us with these different cultures and languages and expressions of his infinite beauty that we get to experience. But I will say, we often can feel at odds with our own cultures, right? Especially in a multiracial, multi-ethnic space. Sometimes the temptation would be for us to tamp down our culture. For me to turn down the volume on my Korean culture. Why? Because sometimes I'm not sure how it fits here, right? I say, well, if it's too much, then people aren't going to understand. If it's too little, then, you know, am I being white? You know, there's all these confusion. There's all this confusion. But... We see here that creating culture was actually part of God's plan for us to be fruitful and multiply. Now, so what I want to ask you is what aspects of your culture reflect God's glory? What aspects of your culture reflect God's glory? On the flip side, what parts of your culture are you either consciously or subconsciously disconnected from that God actually wants to draw you back into to glorify him? There might be things that we're, we're pushing aside for our own reasons, and maybe legitimately so, that God wants us to, to tap back into. We were all born into cultures, and because God doesn't waste anything, what I'm wondering is what beautiful parts of your culture does God want you to spread to show his goodness in the world? At Babel, the Spirit brought holistic saving relationship through confusion and scattering And out of that confusion, God gifted us with languages and cultures. But the full realization of God's saving relationship wouldn't be revealed, of course, until Pentecost. Because at Pentecost, 
The Spirit brought people into holistic saving relationship through clarity and scattering. In Acts 2, I'm not going to read this, it's long. I'll summarize it for you briefly. The Jews that were from all all, all known nations, essentially, in that area, had gathered in Jerusalem for a festival. And the Spirit then came like fire. And each person heard about God's deeds of power, but they heard them in their own languages. They heard them in their own languages. They were hearing about God's holistic saving work that he had done in Jesus. This is, again, God descending on humanity. Remember, Jesus, of course, descended, right? So there's precedent here. God descended on humanity again, just like at Babel. But instead of confusing people this time, God starts speaking in those very languages that he gifted people back in Genesis about who he is, about what he is about, about who we are and what we are to do. This time, instead of using confusion to scatter people toward holistic saving relationship, the Spirit brought clarity to us, to those people. Instead of being scattered out of confusion and mistrust, they were scattered on mission. They were scattered on mission at Pentecost by pouring out the Spirit on all of his people. God was making clear who his people are and what they are to do, what we are to do. With the coming of the Spirit, women and men, old and young, slave and free, were all receiving the Holy Spirit. There were no exceptions made here. Everyone received the Holy Spirit, and everyone received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In the age of the Spirit, all are welcome. Just as Jesus actively welcomed sinners, tax collectors, and the blind, we see that trend continue. As becomes clearer later in Acts, God's kingdom had expanded to Gentiles as well. God does not play favorites, amen? God is clarifying who his people are and what his people do. At Babel, the people were confused and scattered with the gifts of language and culture, but at Pentecost, the people were clarified in their mission, and they were scattered with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've heard that a lot this morning. I think it's an important takeaway here. Now, with this egalitarian spirit empowerment, the mission of what God's people are to do is clear. And what do, what do these folks do? They have to go back home. They go back home and share the good news that they just heard because they heard it in their languages. So there's no exceptions here. Every single person there who heard God speak about God's deeds of power in their languages, regardless of culture or parentage or ability, they were commissioned to go back and share this good news. The command of being fruitful and multiplying has now taken on a deeper meaning, hasn't it? We are now commissioned to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to our people. In the Spirit, we are given everything that we need to make Jesus known. Let me give you an example. Uh, in the book of John, there's a Samaritan woman at the well. Right? It's a very famous encounter that Jesus has. She's a great example of this. She has a life-changing encounter with Jesus at that well. And then she goes back to tell her people about it, about that holistic saving relationship that she has now found in Jesus. But bear in mind, if you know this story, you know this woman probably had very little credibility with that town she went back to witness to. And frankly, she she probably didn't like most of the people that that were in that town. They they weren't nice to her. They they would speak ill of her. That's why she was at the well midday when it's blazing hot, right? Because she didn't want to be seen. But encountering Jesus... 
and being invited into his kingdom where all are accepted. That transformed her into a messenger to the people she came from, those people who probably despised her. Now, earlier we reflected on the beautiful aspects of our cultures that that we may be disconnected from. But I want to ask you, who have you been scattered to? Who are the people that you have been scattered to? Who are you supposed to go speak about God's deeds of power to? Like that Samaritan woman, you may not be on the greatest terms with the people that you've been scattered to. This is not a call to your friends, probably. This is a call to people who are difficult, to family members, to those you've, you're sort of at odds with culturally. Look, I'm sure many of the people in, in Acts 2, they're like, oh, I don't know. Oh. They're all excited about hearing about God's power in their language, but then they have to think next, oh, man, I have to go back home and, and share this? That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. So, so who are your people? Who'd you grow up sharing the same language with? Now, we saw in, in, in Babel, right, same language doesn't mean unity at all, but it can be a start, right? Now, I say this because it might give you unique, uh, these are people you may have unique access to or credibility with that some of the rest of us wouldn't have, right? These are the people you may be called to. If they don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you may have intimate and organic ways of sharing that good news in a way that they can understand in loving and relational ways. People we uh, may have access to that we share culture and language with who may also be Christian that we're called to, but, but may actually just need reminders that God poured his spirit out on all people. Not just on a select few, not just on the elite. The spirit wasn't just poured out on pastors or on men or on married people or on the educated the Spirit was poured out on all of God's people. And some of our sisters and brothers in the church need that reminder. I think we're the ones who are supposed to carry that message. Whose voices and experiences do you need to elevate in your life? You know, personally, I've been lately been burdened by hearing just story after story of women in ministry just being abused and, and tarred and feathered just because they're women. There was a, in a seminary class I was taking, there was this powerful woman who's sharing the story of how she's called to ministry, but her father and her brothers have weaponized scripture against her to discourage her from pursuing this call that God has placed on her life. This is disgusting. I mean, this, this, is not, this is not of God to do this. And I'm sure as I share that, many of you have, have, have experienced things personally or know of people who, who felt this way, who've been, who've been torn down in these ways. Their voices, their experiences need to be elevated. I don't know which industries y'all work in, but I can just about guarantee whatever field you're in, that either women or racialized minorities or people of different abilities are marginalized. These may be the places you are called to to speak the truth. And as Amy said, there's one truth. There's one truth that we are to share. So who needs advocates and and opportunities to lead and have their voices and experiences heard? Who needs that clear reminder that the Spirit was poured out on all of God's daughters and sons? At Pentecost, the Spirit brought people in a holistic, saving relationship through clarity and through scattering. Now the reason, I'm wrapping up here, the reason I find the uh, the connections between Babel 
and Pentecost so beautiful is because God doesn't forget his promises. This is tying Genesis into Acts. There's nothing lost or wasted here. As the author and perfecter of our faith, nothing in God's story goes to waste. Unlike the uh, sort of mangled Star Wars story over time, I apologize to Star Wars truthers out there, but it's true that there's issues. Unlike that, God's story is perfect. Like the best tightly told stories, every part matters, every plot twist, every character arc, they all fulfill in a satisfying way. Every note in the film score resonates perfectly. Now, this is the meticulous nature of our loving God. His purpose is to powerfully and undeniably showcase his glory and his holistic saving, saving love that invites us into holistic saving relationship. At Babel, God confused and scattered people away from death and toward their God-given purpose to be fruitful and multiply and spread God's glory in their gifted language and culture. At Pentecost, God clarified who his people are by pouring out the Spirit on all of his people and then scattered us to invite more people into God's holistic saving relationship. Friends, in case this is not clear, we are the people on whom God poured his Spirit. That's us. God's spirit con- uh, story continues in us, and therefore nothing in our lives is wasted either. We are empowered to advocate for the voices of God's people who are stifled by white supremacy or the shackles of patriarchy or ageism or intellectual elitism in the very specific circles that we have influence and unique authority. So this week, live out of your holistic saving relationship with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, we thank you that in your providence, you've written the perfect story. There are no holes. No one's forgotten. No one's left behind. You, you, number the, you know the number of hair on our, hairs on our heads. God, this is the God that we serve. And this is the Holy Spirit that dwells within each of your people. So, Lord, I pray that we'd go from this place empowered in your spirit, back to the people you've called us to, to those that we may have unique access and authority with, or maybe those who just need to hear it from us, whether they want to hear it or not. But we do this boldly in your spirit, God. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.